not coming out alive! Hello, and welcome to the Stephen King Book Club. Today is September 24th, 2008. This is episode number six. I am Sharon Hawkinson, your host, and let's get started. I'd like to welcome all of you back. As I explained in our last episode, we've uh, resurrected this podcast, and we're going to go ahead and get right back into the books by Stephen King and continue our discussion. Today, we're going to be discussing The Green Mile, Part 4. But before I get started, I want to clear up a little error that I made last podcast. In every episode, I like to say how many subscribers we have, because that's always encouraging. It seems like we always pick up some new people every week, and that's great. I did make an error last time. I did say that we had 185 or 86 subscribers. Can't remember the exact number. But I did read the number wrong, and it was actually 136. So I do apologize for that. But we now have 132 subscribers. So we're down a little bit from last week, but we're still plugging onward. Alive. It's alive. It's alive. All right, so we're going to get on to discussing part four of The Green Mile, The Bad Death of Edouard Delacroix. I'm going to be changing the format a little bit to this podcast. Usually what I do is I just put up the discussion questions for the part that we're discussing right now. But I, what I thought we would do was in the blog, I'm going to also put up the questions for the next part. That way you can have something to be thinking about for next week. So... um For example, we're going to be discussing part four. Next week, we will be discussing part five, and those study questions will be up there. So you can have uh, some time to mull those over and send in your feedback. You can also send in your feedback for part four, and I'll read any emails and share any feedback we get on that. But in the future, we'll go ahead and put the study questions up for the next part, so you can be thinking of that. Later on in the podcast, I'll share our contact information. Part 4, The Bad Death of Edouard Delacroix. Chapter 1. Brad Dolan finds Paul in a poncho on his way out for a walk. He harasses him, wanting to know what he is up to. Paul doesn't say, but he is obviously scared. Brad grabs him, and in his fright, he squeezes a piece of toast to smithereens. Later on, Paul talks to Elaine Connolly. Question number one. Paul says the more and more he listens to Brad, the more he sounds like Percy. Why do you suppose this is true? What qualities in Brad are found in Percy? Question number two. What do you think of Paul's reaction to Brad? Do you think he is too wimpy, or does he have a reason to be frightened? Chapter number two. Mr. Jingles has just been killed by by Percy, and pandemonium breaks loose. Dell is beside himself with grief. The guards are angry, 
and for a while Percy gloats. But all is not lost. John Coffey asks that the mouse be given to him while there is still time. Lo and behold, Coffey heals Mr. Jingles, and he lives once again to roll his beloved spool. Question number one. It is clear that Dell loves Mr. Jingles, possibly more than he's ever loved anyone or anything in his life. What are your feelings on the relationship between man and mouse? Question number two. When Mr. Jingles is brought back to life, it takes a little bit of time for him to regain perfect health. For a moment or so, he limps. Why do you suppose it happened that way rather than enjoying a whole instantaneous healing? Question number three. What thoughts did you have while coffee was healing Mr. Jingles? Chapter three. Percy is no longer gloating. In fact, he has read the riot act by the other men he works with. The others downplay it, saying that Mr. Jingles is fine and that, in fact, he was not killed. Later, Dell walks down the mile for the last time and is taken to his execution. He pleads that it not be Percy who carries it out when he sees his enemy in the lead spot. Question number one. What did you feel when Percy was getting his lecture? Question number two, why do you suppose the others downplayed the situation with Mr. Jingles? Question number three, did you get a bad feeling when Percy took up the lead for Dell's execution? Did you feel that he would somehow sabotage it? Why or why not? Chapter four, Dell is executed and to say the least, it does not go well. Paul realizes that the sponge isn't wet when it should have been, but the juice begins to roll before he can say anything to correct it. Here is a very vivid description of what happens to Dell, almost step by step. It would certainly be horrific to watch and would be even more horrific to be Dell. Be prepared to be quite grossed out. Dell is, in fact, being cooked and burned alive. Question number one. It's obvious that Percy wanted to sabotage Dell's execution somehow. He knew good and well the sponge was to be wet. Do you think Percy meant for it to be as bad as it was? Question number two. What were your reactions as you read this chapter? Chapter number five. This is the aftermath of Dell's execution. We read more descriptions about the shape Dell was in, which isn't very pretty. He is pronounced dead, his body is removed, and Paul must face Curtis Anderson. Paul restrains Brutus from slugging Percy, which is good, because Brutus might have lost his job if the punch was given. The men downplay Percy's involvement, claiming that it was a mistake. Question number one. Were you surprised when the men covered for Percy? And what I'm referring to is when they have to talk to Curtis Anderson, who is the stand-in for Hal Moore's while Melinda is sick. Question number two. Why do you suppose they covered him instead of totally ratting him out? Chapter six. There are more reactions to Dell's execution. 
Wharton reacts by singing a crude barbecue song, while Coffee cries and said that Dell is the lucky one for being out of it. This chapter ends with Paul handing Coffee one of his shoes. Question 1. Why do you suppose Coffee says Dell is lucky? Do you think that this is Coffee's way of saying he is ready to die? Number 2. Later on, we find out what the deal with the shoe was all about. Were you confused when Paul gives Coffee his shoe, or did you have an idea what it was about? Chapter 7 Paul goes home and tells Janice about Dell's execution. We read that this is the first conscious thought of the big plan Paul comes up with. Later on, he mills over the concept of atonement and thinks about his prisoners. Question 1. Paul has obviously seen and supervised many executions. Why do you think the concept of atonement comes to Paul's mind after this one? Chapter 9. Not much happens in this chapter. Paul and Hal talk on the phone, and they mostly talk about Percy. Hal expedites paperwork so that Percy can transfer to Briar Ridge more quickly. Hal informs Paul that Melinda is getting worse. The other men come to Paul's for lunch, and Paul reveals his plan. He wants to take coffee to Melinda to see if he can heal her her brain tumor. At the end of the chapter, Paul says that coffee is innocent of the crime. Question number one. Why do you think it is important to Paul that they try to help Melinda? Number two. Did you think that coffee was innocent all along? Why or why not? As you can see, I've changed the format a little bit here. I've tried to summarize each chapter as we go along, and then I've put our study questions underneath. And instead of me going through each and every study question, I just went ahead and orally went over them. And instead of you all listening to me drone on and on, I'd like to hear your feedback. My goal for this podcast is that it be more of an interactionary thing, where we get a lot more interaction from the listeners, because the design of this podcast is actually a book discussion group, not just me rattling off my opinions. You can go ahead and send your feedback a number of ways. There are actually three ways that you can send it. And you can send whatever you like. You can send in answers to the questions, or you can tell me what you think of The Green Mile or any of Stephen King's books. Or you can tell me how you like the show or um, suggest things that maybe you'd like to see done in the future. I'll go ahead and give you the contact information. You can email me at Sweet Nightingale. That's S-W-E-E-T-N-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-A-L-E. U.S. That's all one word. At Yahoo.com. Again, that's Sweet Nightingale U.S., S-W-E-E-T-N-I-G-H-T-I-N-G-A-L-E-U-S, at yahoo.com. And I'm looking to get a different email address for this podcast, because I think that'll be easier to keep that stuff separately from my personal email. We also have a voicemail number. That number is 206-426-7408. Again, that's 206-426-7408. You can also leave messages and comments on the blog itself. Our blog address, our website is 
Stephen King Book Club. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-K-I-N-G B-O-O-K-C-L-U-B dot blogspot dot com. I'll spell all that out again. Stephen King Book Club. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-K-I-N-G B-O-O-K-C-L-U-B dot blogspot. That's B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. Any of these ways to contact me are satisfactory. As I said, I look forward to hearing from all of you. It'll be great to get some feedback and uh, to see what we have for interaction. Next week, we will be discussing Part 5 of the Green Mile, Night Journey. And that I look forward to because that's a very interesting part of the book. The study questions for Part 5 will be on the blog So you can also send in your answers to those, and I'll share those with you on the next show, along with what we have for Part 4, should we get any. If we don't get any interaction or very little, then, of course, I'll share my thoughts with you, uh, what I think about Part 4. This is Sharon Hawkinson signing off and wishing all of you happy reading, and I will see you again next week. Yeah.